0: and gentlemen welcome to episode 53 of the haskin cast podcast where i will cover stranger things season three episode three and i have to say i'm really loving this season so much better than i like season two uh there's been little things i haven't liked within the episode but so far the storyline has really moved it's interesting got a lot of new dynamics going on and i like that they introduced you know some new people it's always kind of um a little bit dangerous to do that when you have a cast that's kind of tight knit, but, uh, they've, they've done well integrating the new people. Max kind of feel like she's been there since the beginning. Uh, Billy, I hate, but, uh, you know, he's an important character. And, uh, and, and now the, uh, the, the ice cream girl, Robin. So, uh, I think they've done well integrating the new people. Um, jumping into the episode, I have to say that, uh, that was a really cute opening, I'm not a big fan of like dick and fart jokes. They're kind of, um, bottom of the barrel reaching for stuff to me. But, uh, you know, when you're dealing with kids this age, you know, it's kind of normal that they're going to have some of that kind of humor. So I didn't really take, uh, take anything weird for that. Just, uh, you know, if it was an adult show, I would say that would be really, um, you know, just not my kind of humor, but for kids, you know, that's the kind of stuff they're going to do. So again, uh, very on par with their age. And I have to wonder how tough it is for the writers to write for kids this age. And I kind of wonder that in in general, because I don't really know exactly what it was like to be that age or in that age group myself. I remember little bits about it, but most of the years just kind of blend together. I don't know how I was at any particular age. Uh, If I can associate with a specific memory, and I happen to know how old I was at that time, I might be able to um, analyze that a little bit more. But in general, everything in my childhood is just kind of a blur. So I, I think that might be a challenge for the writers. But I do kind of feel like the kids are portrayed realistically, like this is how they would be. So uh, well done to the writers on that and to the, the whole production, you know, the actors, the director, all of that for keeping it real. Um, so that was that was the opening. Really cute, you know, kind of warm. And you could see that Elle still has her powers She's not really using them a whole lot because she hasn't had to. Just, you know, an, enough of a, a little tinge here and there, like looking at uh, what the guys are up to and then doing the thing with the sodas in the last episode. So, you know, she still has it. Um, she's just not really needing to utilize her powers, which is probably good for her to rest up because, you know, at some point she's going to have to battle some crazy demon and she'll be the only one that can do it. Um, I think... Uh, I think Hopper coming into to the girls uh, uh, hanging out in the bedroom and assuming it was Mike, I, I think he's like way over the top in glee that he sort of broke them up or that he's not there. Uh, just, you know, you would think he would have at least some concern for Elle's feelings, especially having lost his own daughter after everything that Elle has been through. So I have to say, I, I think Hopper's kind of a jerk uh, at this point, at least when it comes to, to his his adopted daughter's happiness. Um, I would like to see a little more humanity out of him. But uh, whatever he's going through is what he's going through. And that's why he is the way he is. Hopefully, we'll have a a little bit better of an understanding. I I get that he was probably angry um, because he got stood up. But at the same point, it's like, you know, when you look in your child's eyes, you would kind of think that all that would just melt away and that you would have some concern even through the uh, alcohol-induced anger. Uh, But that being said, so uh, he he was a little happy about that. And then they go to this um, sort of spin the bottle twist where uh, they have just written some people's names down on pieces of paper and then Elle spins the bottle. And I guess the premise is is that she's going to go look in on these people, which I guess if you have that ability, that's a cool way to play. Um, and, And that's that's great. That's creative. But what doesn't make sense is. So the first one that she lands on is Mr. Wheeler. And they're like, oh, he's boring. Well, if you wouldn't want to go visit him or if you have no intentions of following that through, why put his name down in the first place? Why would either one of them ever write Billy's name down, knowing that there's no way they would want to go and look in on what he's doing, even though they do? Um, And then, uh, you know, I took a look at some of the other names, Dustin, Steve, Nancy. Those make sense. But uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wheeler and then Mr. Clark, the science teacher, were on there. And I'm like, why, why would you ever have put these people on there? You're not going to visit them. They don't interest you. So I kind of feel like that's weird. Um, obviously, they didn't put, uh, you know, Mike, Will, or Lucas because they just saw them. So there would be no reason to go back and see what they're up to. So uh, I don't know, kind of, a, kind of a weird thing. I guess they just needed more names. But if you're not going to visit them, then what's the point? But still a neat sort of twist on spin the bottle when you have the kind of powers that Eleven does. Um, so then they go to uh, the next morning and Joyce comes to visit Hopper because she's learned about these magnets and uh, some stuff from the the science teacher. And, of course, he's upset naturally that she stood him up. And again, with no phone call, she didn't call the restaurant and say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't make it or anything at all. No indication to, uh, you know, to, to let him know that she cared. But at the same point, he just assumed that everything was okay. He wasn't concerned that anything might have happened to her. Uh, And considering the things that have gone on in their town, even though it's been a while, apparently since there's been any kind of event, I, I feel like there would be a little bit more unity between these people, that they wouldn't just jump to being angry, that they would be more concerned about other things happening in the town. Although he tends to blow that off pretty quickly when she shows him the magnets and refuses to admit that anything's happening. So uh, I guess I could kind of see it. But at the same point, it just seems like there would be something in the back of your head that would be a little bit of nagging concern instead of just anger that you got stood up. So I'm not really uh, not really liking Hopper right now, Uh, regardless of what he's going through. I just think he's not being um, not being realistic right now. Uh, but obviously, eventually, you know, she uh, convinces him at least enough to to go back to the lab uh, where he has a strange encounter of being knocked out by someone. And, uh, of course, you know, in a, in a TV and movie, they always do this. And I don't necessarily think you would do this in real life, at least if you had your wits about you. But he disappears. You know, he, he's like, you stay here because let's split up. That's always a really good idea. Uh, but you stay here. I'm going to go find out what that noise was. And then he gets attacked. And she's running around screaming his name saying, hey, I'm here. If you want to attack me, there's another person you need to be worried about. Of course, the person just runs away, but not smart. I mean, first of all, stay together. If you want to have her stay behind you, that's one thing. But, you know, the separation thing, never a good idea. I don't really think people would do that in a real life situation so much as they do that in television and movies. So there's another thing I'm really kind of not buying. And uh, not sure who this guy was, but I'm sure that that will unfold as time goes on. There's really seemed to be nothing going on at the lab, so I don't really know why somebody would be there unless uh, they were tracking Hopper, perhaps. That might be. Um, Or just kind of watching over to see if anybody was snooping around. But again, if there's nothing there, then who cares if somebody's there snooping around or not? So I'm not quite sure where that's headed um, but hopefully that that storyline will play out at some point, and we'll learn a little more about that. Obviously, I, I'm sure that Hopper and Joyce are in for much more danger in the remaining five episodes of the season. Um, so then uh, there's some more character build with uh, L and Max, which I really like. These two hanging out and being friends. I think they complement each other well. I think it's good for L to have an influence who's kind of like a you know what screw the world. We're just going to do what we want. We can. Um, I think they're, you know, a little unsupervised, but at the same point, Elle's got really nobody. So uh, I'm glad that she has Max. It's good for her, for her sanity so that she doesn't go off the rails like she did in season two. And uh, it's just kind of good for her to experience life a little bit and learn what it's like to just be a kid. And uh, I think that's pretty good. So uh, they go off on a little adventure trying to figure out what's going on with Billy and uh, of course, they they go to the house, they discover some of this uh, missing lifeguard stuff and trace it back to who it is. And then they go to her house and, uh, you know, uh, Elle's just ready to destroy the the look on her face when the when they go up to the door and she is just ready to pillage. And uh, then they're kind of deflated because there's Heather and she appears to be fine. And I don't know. If how much they really picked up on. They're intelligent girls, so I'm hoping that they picked up on the sort of Stepford wife feeling that I got from Heather. I hope that they did too. I kind of feel like they left with saying that things aren't quite right, but they still left. They didn't go back and check on the house or anything, at least as far as we know, because that's where the episode ended. So I'm hoping that they still have a, a an idea that something's not quite right there. Um, the episode ends with Heather killing, getting ready to apparently kill her father or torture him or do something to him. The mom's knocked out already. So I don't really know what the reason is for all of this. But one thing I think is, is very clear is that Billy has now taken Will's place. He's the one that's now possessed by the monster, uh, as, as he was taken away in an earlier episode and, um, I, I think that now he understands who Elle is because he has the memory of the monster and sees Elle trying to close that portal and all that 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 she did at the end of season two. So I, I'm I'm betting 100% the fact that Billy's now possessed by the same or whatever the current monster is the same way that Will was in season two. And that also explains why Will isn't really having any more connections or hasn't for a while uh you know before in in, uh, episode one when the rats were running by like he kind of sensed something um but it seems like he's really kind of out of the loop right now and i think it's because he's completely disconnected from whatever the source of all this is that's uh that's causing this from the whether it's from the upside down or wherever it's really from because i don't really think that's ever been explained or determined at this point so um it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where the next episode picks up. And then I'm already going to be halfway through the season. And that's kind of the trouble is that there's so few episodes uh, in a season of Stranger Things. I mean, really, there's there's eight in this. And having to wait a year and a half for eight episodes, yeah, they're good, but it just seems like there should be a bigger payoff for that. I mean, you look at the sitcoms and things or even other dramas that can deliver you know, 20-some episodes, like 25, 26 episodes in a season. And it just feels like These kids are growing quick, so unless they're going to start shooting the next couple of seasons back to back, um, they're really going to have to play up the growth of these kids because in real life, obviously, they're going to be uh, moving at a fairly quick rate in their physical appearance and development, their intellectual development. So, uh, you know, it's the tough thing about doing a story that involves children is uh, over the long run, if you do a movie, it's one thing or do a series of a couple of movies, that's one thing. But uh, you really have to address their age, and obviously things are moving very quickly with these kids. Um, The separation of Will being the only one that's not interested in girls at this point, the only one that hasn't started dating somebody, really shows the, uh, the distance in age, even though they're probably like a year or two apart. But in that age group, that's a huge deal. So he wants to still be a kid, play games in the basement. Will's like, hey, we're moving on from this stuff. You know, I'm sorry you're not, but uh, we're we're growing and you're going to catch up, but it's not today. So then, of course, you know, Will goes home. He starts tearing up all the memories and all that. Um, but I'm not seeing any connection between him and the source of all the evil. And at this point, uh, not where I had expected it would go at the beginning of, of episode one, unless he's just so, uh, you know, engrossed in all these things going on with his friends that he hasn't really paid attention to anything else yet. So we'll see. But uh, But I'm betting on Billy for this one um so that's the the ellie and max thing that's the lucas mike and will again showing more of that separation just in the uh in the interests, and also as he starts to tear up the childhood memories now he's kind of uh isolating himself from the group as well so uh there's a little bit more of that um i'm uh I, i'm thinking now about the uh the nancy and um Jonathan line. And I have to apologize because I think I called him Charlie earlier as Charles, I think is the, the actor's name. Um, but, you know, I like this little relationship build between them because their their entire relationship has kind of started from and continued on some sort of investigation into the drama that's going on I mean, going back to season one. And um, there's always been a little bit of uh, intensity between them in their connection. Obviously, they'd known each other for some time going to the same school and growing up in the same town. But uh, when she was dating Steve, uh, there was, you know, there was a strain, but still kind of a, there was always a connection between the two of them. And I like how that's building as they work together and they're going around trying to solve this mystery with the rats and the, uh, the missing, um, you know, uh, food and fuel and stuff like that. So, uh, but uh, it's, it's interesting because once again, here's Nancy going in front of these really, really ridiculously over the top men trying to bring something to their attention. Uh, she, you know, she crashed and burned the first time. Now she's got some documentation, some interesting facts. And once again, you know, especially the the real asshole blonde guy is just, you know, berating her for it. Nobody's encouraging her. Nobody's seeing any journalistic, uh, you know, potential in her. Instead, it's just better to make fun of her because that's what we do as guys and uh, just send her on her way. Uh, go get the coffee girl, go get the sandwiches, because that's what you do. You're the secretary. Um, you know, if if any one of those guys, in, in, in a group of that, there's going to be at least one that's going to look at this and go, you know what, though, it, it, that might not be the, the answer. But it is interesting that you're finding all this stuff is going missing in a short period of time. Let's explore that. Uh, instead, let's just berate her and make fun of her. And then when you think her boss, the the apparent manager, steps in and uh, tries to take it seriously. It turns around that he's just setting her up to, uh, you know, to kick her down the hill again. And uh, for for no reason whatsoever, except to be part of the boys club, really annoying. It's a little bit over the top for me. It just seems like uh, they don't need to go as far as they are. Um, And, uh, you know, back in the eighties, there were plenty of places like this. So they're probably playing this in, in the writing of the story very accurately. It's just tough for me to watch because, you know it's so stupid the way that we treat people for absolutely no reason whatsoever, but uh, but bless her heart for uh, for giving it another shot. Um, I have to say though, if if I what I don't know is how much do the people in the town know what has happened? Do they really not know any of it? Was it all just a small group of people? Uh, it seems like the, there would have been some kind of hubbub about it because the kids going missing, you know, with the even with school, and then that would have come home to the parents. It would have been on the news. Um, But I'm really not sure because if if, I would think if the people of this town knew what had happened, they would start taking anything that's out of the ordinary a little bit more seriously. So I tend to lean to the fact that they're oblivious to what's happened. And that's certainly possible. But going along those lines, I, I just have to assume that otherwise their their behavior is even more over the top, in my opinion. But, you know, Nancy is a a curious bird and she's uh, she's very uh, uh, she's got some great detective skills. I think she would be a great reporter. And I like that she's uh, not giving up. So then they go back to the lady's house where the rat was, because, of course, they don't know that the rat exploded. And uh, whatever was left of the rat started crawling out of the cage or oozed itself out of the cage and I guess into her and now she's taken over eating the food, uh, the cat food or whatever it was. And uh, now, obviously, she's possessed to buy whatever the uh, the thing is. So uh, they kind of left it at a, at a bit of a cliffhanger. I'm sure that uh, Nancy and Jonathan got out of there just fine. I don't suspect that there was anything that happened to them. I think they probably just saw what was going on with her. And then after the scene ended, they would have just turned and, and run and gotten out of there. Their smart move, though, at this point would be to go to Hopper. Um, hopefully they do that and he kind of gets out of whatever funk he's in and starts taking some of the stuff seriously, especially after being attacked at the lab. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, an interesting series this year. And this was a, a great episode it, in part, it's still setting up things for the finale as it, as the show tends to do, but it also was a uh, pretty action packed. It had a lot of things going on. The only thing that, that I thought was, uh, I should say the only other thing that I thought was a little kind of unnecessary was and this is very common especially in television is uh you know they see a guy they think he's he's russian he's part of the thing because he has a somewhat stoic or almost angry look on his face and then it turns out he's this random fitness instructor that's just going to start a class in the middle of the mall there's you know i i don't know there was really no reason for him to look angry except to make the story more interesting to give them a decoy to start tracking and thinking that they were on to something and they were getting a little payoff for all that uh, all that work that they had put into trans- translating the Russian transmission. But, uh, you know, overall, it was a great episode. I'm really looking forward to the next one and seeing where things are going. Uh, I really feel, of course, like the end of the first two seasons, there's going to be some sort of epic battle. But this time it's going to be between Elle and Billy. I'm not sure how the, uh, the new rat lady will be involved in all that. Obviously, uh, you know, Nancy's going to be trying to save somebody during some part of this. But uh, I I think that's going to happen. And then I'm just going to make a prediction for the end of the series. If they actually get to make a finale, if it doesn't get canceled or anything before then. And, you know, Netflix is well known for that. But I think that Stranger Things will go the distance. But if they actually get to do a finale, I will say it's going to end with everyone in Mike's basement playing Dungeons and Dragons. I think that'll be the full circle of the show. So I'm going to make that prediction right now on July 4th, 2019, and uh, we'll see how many years the show goes and whether that actually happens or not. But it already seems the logical conclusion, and being that TV is somewhat predictable, uh, I, I just have a feeling it's going to end that way. So we shall see. But uh, thank you for listening, for tuning in. I hope that this has been enjoyable, that the insights have been at least interesting, and uh, we'll see what happens in the next. I don't know if all of these, uh, any of these fireworks, will make it into the final mix here, but Uh, The fireworks are going off uh, sporadically as I read this. So uh, I hope you guys are having a great day, enjoying the fourth, and uh, we'll be back with you for episode four. Bye.